Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 6, Episode 5, A Study in the Book of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode, we begin to look into Chapter 3, where Jeremiah is appealing to Judah to return back to God. No other prophet made such frequent use of the Hebrew word sub, meaning return or turn, as Jeremiah. This was the only hope for Judah's survival. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 3, starting in verse 1. If a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her? Would not that land be greatly polluted? You have played the whore with many lovers, and would you return to me, declares the Lord? Lift up your eyes to the bare heights and see. Where have you not been ravished? By the waysides you have sat, waiting lovers, like an Arab in the wilderness, you have polluted the land with your vile whoredom. Therefore the showers have been withheld, and the spring rain has not come. Yet you have the forehead of a whore, you refuse to be ashamed. Have you not just now called to me, my father? You are the friend of my youth. Will he be angry forever? Will he be indignant to the end? Behold, you have spoken, but you have done all the evil that you could. The Lord said to me in the days of King Josiah, Have you seen what she did, this faithless one, Israel? How she went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and there played the whore? And I thought, After she has done all this, she will return to me. But she did not return, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. She saw that for all the adulteries of the faithless one Israel, I had sent her away with a decree of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she too went and played the whore. Because she took her whoredom lightly, she polluted the land, committing adultery with stone and tree. Yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, declares the Lord. And the Lord said to me, Faithless Israel has shown herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Again, (laughs) these are some strong points that have been given to Jeremiah by God to express to Judah. All right, back to verse 1. If a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her? Would not that land be greatly polluted? Have you played the whore with many lovers, and would you return to me, declares the Lord? Well, divorce in this verse is in this context, with the divorce law found in Deuteronomy 24, verses 1 through 4, and that needs to be understood. So let's go to Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house and she departs out of his house and if she goes and becomes another man's wife and the latter man hates her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of the house or if the latter man dies who took her to be his wife then her former husband who sent her away may not take her again to be his wife after she had been defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord. And you shall not bring sin upon the land that the Lord your God has given you for an inheritance. Well, that's important to understand 
this connection in Deuteronomy to these verses 1 through 5. Jeremiah is making a comparison of Judah as a wife who left her husband. But there is a twist here. Unlike the verses in Deuteronomy, Judah has left God. It did not become the wife of someone else, but had many lovers. Judah was promiscuous as a prostitute, but still assumed that they could return to God. It is not clear in this verse if this promiscuity was sexual, religious, or political. Probably all three. God is saying this activity defiled the land. Now, just a point to be clear here, this is a comparison to determine the extent of the faithlessness of Israel and Judah, and not a remark against women. The law in Deuteronomy was given to protect women, as prior to that law, there was no protection, and divorce was rampant, and women were nothing more than property to be disposed of. God was protecting women from being property to be bartered or to be borrowed. That is the point in these verses. We know in the New Testament how much God loved women and what he did to care for them. Judah's prostitution and wickedness had defiled the land. God is asking, would you now return to me after all that you have done to deny and defy me? This might look like God is saying that it is impossible for Judah to return, but God pleaded, as we pointed out many times for them, to return to him. If we jump quickly to in this chapter to verse 22, it says, Return, O faithless sons, I will heal your faithlessness. Behold, we come to you, for you are the Lord your God. Repentance is enabled here because of the extreme grace of God. And here we already have a taste of the New Covenant theology that we see again in chapter 31. Jeremiah 31, 31 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, Though I was their husband, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. The Lord is willing to forgive despite Judah's faithlessness. God's grace can overrule the law because he is God and not man. Verse 2 says, Lift up your eyes to the bare heights and see. Where have you not been ravished? By the waysides you have sat awaiting lovers like an Arab in the wilderness. You have polluted the land with your vile whoredom. Well, proof of Judah's infidelity to God was easy to find. On every high hill, there was no place where Judah had not prostituted itself to worthless foreign gods. Judah is compared to a prostitute that sits by the side of the road actively soliciting lovers, writes F.B. Huey. The point of the Arab in the wilderness 
is a comparison with a nomad lying in wait to rob a passing caravan. Judah had become adept at serving all the gods they wanted to serve, but not Yahweh. They just wanted to keep God in their back pocket, so to speak, for when they really needed something. Verse 3 says, Therefore the showers have been withheld, and the spring rain has not come, yet you have the forehead of a whore, you refuse to be ashamed. Now God has frequently withheld rain as a sign of disfavor. And in Israel, that was an agrarian society, they were dependent on the early rains of October to November, and really dependent on the late rains of March to April, or crops would fail, and that would be a disaster for the people. God withheld rain because of the actions of the people, but in return, Judah showed no shame for idolatry. The note about the forehead of prostitute is a point to the obstinance, or perhaps refers to a special headpiece worn by the prostitute to that culture, the point being that Judah refused to be ashamed of their behavior. Verses 4 and 5, Have you not just now called to me my father? You are the friend of my youth. Will he be angry forever? Will he be indignant to the end? Behold, you have spoken, but you have done all the evil that you could. In these verses, Judah is acting as if God was angry for no reason. Judah had no intention to change behavior, but they still expected God's anger to end against them. In verse 4, Judah calls God, My father and the friend of my youth. Judah was still claiming the covenant relationship with God while breaking it. Judah was thinking that God's goodness will overcome the continuous evil actions of, their, of what they've made, the evil actions of themselves. God, although gracious, does not work that way without repentance. Please, I encourage you to read the entire chapter of Romans 6 to get a clear understanding of that concept. But we read in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord a free gift for those who repent, which means to turn, turn away from their evil deeds and trust God as their Savior. Also in Psalm 51.17 that says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. That is repentance. In verse 5 of Jeremiah 3, there was no repentance. The people had spoken, but continued to do all the evil that they could. God wants more than punishment for his people. He wants them to realize that their only sustenance is God. And when that happens, they will realize that that was all they needed in the first place, was just God. Verse 6 says, The Lord said to me in the days of King Josiah, Have you seen what she did, that faithless one, Israel? How she went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and there played the whore? And I thought, after she has done all this, she will return to me. But she did not return, and her treacherous sister, Judah, saw it. Knowledge of history seems insufficient to keep from repeating it. Judah saw that what happened to the northern kingdom of Israel, what happened to them because of their faithlessness, they were destroyed and taken captive to Assyria. Here, while Josiah, a godly man, was still in charge of Judah, Many in Judah still refused to learn from that example of their northern sister Israel. 
Judah was following that exact same path of idol worship. That makes the guilt of Judah even greater. Verse 8 says, She saw that for all the adulteries of that faithless one Israel, I had sent her away with a decree of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she too went and played the whore. Because she took her whoredom lightly, she polluted the land, committing adultery with stone and tree. We see in these verses the analogy of the divorce law continues. God's people had been faithless for a long time, and now God wants out, as he wanted out with the northern kingdom of Israel, in a sense, giving them a certificate of divorce and sending them into exile. But people do the same thing today when we get excited about work and family and vacations and money, all the things that God has provided, but they're not really excited about God. That's a problem. We know God loves us, but do we love God? God's relationship with the northern kingdom of Israel that separated away from Judah at the end of Solomon's reign was broken in 722 B.C. In 2 Kings 17.5, Then the king of Assyria invaded all the land and came to Samaria. For three years he besieged it. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria, and he carried the Israelites away to Assyria and placed them in Hala and at the Havor, the river of Gozan, and the cities of the Medes. And this occurred because the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. Instead of fearing the same fate, Judah committed idolatry with wood and stone, just the same as Israel did. And because the temple was in Jerusalem, they thought, this could never happen to us. Verse 10 says, Yet for all this her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, declares the Lord. Now King Josiah attempted to turn Judah away from the wicked practices of his grandfather, King Manasseh. His commitment was very sincere, but he could not change people's hearts. In 2 Kings 23:24, Moreover, Josiah put away the mediums and the necromancers and the household gods and the idols and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, that he might establish the words of the law that were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, According to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. Still the Lord did not turn from the burning of his great wrath by which his anger was kindled against Judah because of the provocations of which Manasseh had provoked him. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight as I have removed Israel, and I will cast off this city that I have chosen, Jerusalem, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. And in verse 11, And the Lord said to me, Faithless Israel has shown herself more righteous than the treacherous Judah. Well, that seems odd. How can that be? How could God declare that the evil, faithless northern kingdom was more righteous than Judah? Because Israel had no example to demonstrate a warning to idol worship. Judah has the benefit that it saw the example, but ignored the consequences. Thus their guilt 
is even greater. In our next episode 6 and season 6, we will continue in Jeremiah 3 as we see a promise of forgiveness to a united people of Israel. I hope you'll follow season 6 as we continue to follow the career of Jeremiah and the history around his ministry. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast. If you've discovered something helpful or uplifting, may God bless you and strengthen you.